0: Story 5 of Lucy Maud Montgomery's short stories from 1904. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jill Preston. Short Stories from 1904 by L. M. Montgomery. Story 5. Freda's Adopted Grave. North Point, where Freda lived, was the bleakest settlement in the world. Even its inhabitants, who loved it, had to admit that. The northeast wind swept, whistling up the bay and blew rawly over the long hill that sloped down to it, blighting everything that was in their way. Only the sturdy firs and spruces could hold their own against it. So there were no orchids or groves or flower gardens in North Point. Just over the hill, in a sheltered southwest valley, was the North Point Church with the graveyard behind it, and this graveyard was the most beautiful spot in North Point or near it. The North Point folk loved flowers. They could not have them about their homes, so they had them in their graveyard. It was a matter of pride with each family to keep the separate plot neatly trimmed and weeded and adorned with beautiful blossoms. It was one of the unwritten laws of the little community that on some selected day in May everybody would repair to the graveyard to plant, trim, and clip. It was not an unpleasant duty even to those whose sorrow was fresh. It seemed as if they were still doing something for the friends who had gone when they made their earthly resting places beautiful. As for the children, they looked forward to Graveyard Day as a very delightful anniversary and it divided its spring honors with the amount of the herring catch. Tomorrow is graveyard day, said Minnie Hutchinson at school recess, when all the little girls were sitting on the fence. Ain't I glad? I've got the loveliest big white rose bush to plant by Grandma Hutchinson's grave. Uncle Robert sent it out from town. My mother has ten tuberoses to set out. Said Nan Gray proudly. We're going to plant a row of lilies right around our plot, said Katie Morris. Every little girl had some boast to make. That is, every little girl but Freda. Freda sat in a corner all by herself and felt miserably outside of everything. She had no part or lot in Graveyard Day. Are you going to plan anything, Freda? asked Nan, with a wink at the others. Freda shook her head mutely. Freda can't plan anything, said Winnie Bell cruelly. Although she did not mean to be cruel, she hasn't got a grave. Just then, Freda felt as if her gravelessness were a positive disgrace and crime as if not to have an interest in a single grave in North Point Cemetery branded you as an outcast forever and ever. It very nearly did in North Point. The other little girls pitied Freda, but at the same time they rather looked down upon her, for it was the compliancy of those who had been born into a good heritage of family graves and had an undisputed right to celebrate Graveyard Day. Freda felt that her cup of wretchedness was full. She sat miserably on the fence while the other girls ran off to play, and she walked home alone at night. It seemed to her that she could not bear it any longer. Freda was ten years old. Four years ago, Mrs. Wilson had taken her from the orphan asylum in town, mrs Wilson lived just this side of the hill from the graveyard, and everybody in North Point called her a crank. They pitied any child she took, they said. It would be worked to death and treated like a slave. At first they tried to pump Freda concerning mrs Wilson's treatment of her, but Freda was not to be pumped. She was a quiet little mite with big, wistful dark eyes that had a disconcerting fashion. Of looking the gossips out of countenance. But if Freda had been disposed to complain, the North Point people would have found out that they had been only too correct in their predictions. Mrs. Wilson, Freda said timidly that night, why haven't we got a grave? Mrs. Wilson averred that such a question gave her the creeps. "'You ought to be very thankful that we haven't,' she said severely. "'That graveyard day is a heathenish custom anyhow. "'They make a regular picnic of it, and it makes me sick "'to hear those schoolgirls chattering about what they mean to plant, "'each one trying to outblow the other. "'If I had a grave there, I wouldn't make a flower garden of it.' "'Freda did not go to the graveyard the next day, although it was a holiday.' But in the evening, when everybody had gone home, she crept over the hill and through the beech grove to see what had been done. The plots were all very neat and prettily set out with plants and bulbs. Some perennials were already in bud. The grave of Katie Morris's great-uncle, who had been dead for forty years, was covered with blossoming purple pansies. Every grave, no matter how small or old, had its share of promise every grave except one. Freda came across it with a feeling of surprise. It was always down in the lower corner where there were no plots. It was shut off from the others by a growth of young poplars and was sunken and overgrown with blueberry shrubs. There was no headstone and it looked dismally neglected. Freda felt a sympathy for it. She had no grave and this grave had nobody to tend it or care for it when she went home she asked mrs wilson whose it was hum said mrs wilson if you have so much spare time lying round loose you'd better put it into your sewing instead of prowling about graveyards do you expect me to work my fingers to the bone making clothes for you i wish i'd left you in the asylum that grave is Jordan Slade's, I suppose, he died twenty years ago, and a worthless drunken scamp he was, he served a term in the penitentiary for breaking into Andrew Meservy's store, and after it he had the face to come back to North Point, but respectable people would have nothing to do with him and he went to the dogs altogether, had to be buried on charity when he died, he hasn't any relations here, there was a sister, a little girl of ten who used to live with the Cogswells over at East Point. After Jord died, some rich folks saw her and was so struck with her good looks that they took her away with them. I don't know what become of her, and I don't care. Go and bring the cows up. When Freda went to bed that night, her mind was made up. She would adopt Jordan Slade's grave. Thereafter, Freda spent her few precious spare-time moments in the graveyard, she clipped the blueberry shrubs and long, tangled grasses from the grave with a pair of rusty old shears that blistered her little brown hands badly. She brought ferns from the woods to plant about it. She begged a root of heliotrope from Nan Gray, a clump of day lilies from Katie Morris, a rosebush slip from Nellie Bell, some pansy seed from old mrs Bennett and a geranium shoot from Minnie Hutchinson's big sister. She planted, weeded, and watered faithfully, and her efforts were rewarded. Her grave soon looked as nice as any in the graveyard. Nobody but Freda knew about it. The poplar grove concealed the corner from sight, and everybody had quite forgotten poor, disreputable Jordan Slade's grave at least it seemed as if everybody had but one evening when freda slipped down to the graveyard with a little can of water and rounded the corner of the poplars she saw a lady standing by the grave a strange lady dressed in black with the loveliest face freda had ever seen and tears in her eyes the lady gave a little start when she saw freda with her can of water "'Can you tell me who has been looking after this grave?' she said. "'It—it was I,' faltered Freda, wondering if the lady would be angry with her. "'Please, um, um—it was I, but I didn't mean any harm. All the other little girls had a grave, and I hadn't any, so I just adopted this one. "'Did you know whose it was?' asked the lady gently, "'Yes, um, uh, Jordan Slade's, Mrs. Wilson told me.' "'Jordan Slade was my brother,' said the lady. "'He went sadly astray. "'But he was not all bad. "'He was weak and too easily influenced. "'But whatever his faults, he was good and kind, "'oh, so good and kind, to me when I was a child.' I loved him with all my heart. It has always been my wish to come back and visit his grave. But I have never been able to come. My home has been so far away. I expected to find it neglected. I cannot tell you how pleased and touched I am to find it kept so beautifully. Thank you over and over again, my dear child. "'Then you're not cross, ma'am?' said Freda eagerly. "'And may I go on looking after it, may I? "'Oh, it just seems as if I couldn't bear not to.' "'You may look after it as long as you want to, my dear. "'I will help you, too. "'I am to be at East Point all summer. "'This will be our grave, yours and mine.' "'That summer was a wonderful one for Freda she had found a firm friend in mrs halliday the latter was a wealthy woman her husband had died a short time previously and she had no children when she went away in the fall freda went with her to be her own little girl for always mrs wilson consented grudgingly to give freda up although she grumbled a great deal about ingratitude before they went, they paid a farewell visit to their grave. Mrs. Halliday had arranged with some of the North Point people to keep it well attended to, but Freda cried at leaving it. Don't feel badly about it, dear, comforted Mrs. Halliday. We are coming back every summer to see it. It will always be our grave. Freda slipped her hand into Mrs. Halliday's and smiled up at her. I'd never have found you, auntie, if it hadn't been for this grave, she said happily. I'm so glad I adopted it. End of Freda's Adopted Grave Recording by Jill Preston